welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And this, this is Life Pairings. <laughs> because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. Gruesome murders, complicated heists, cons that make you weep. We love them all. As today's life pairing is true crime with 19 crimes. We discuss Egyptians, boiling, and bitches be cray. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, everyone, we've joined the uh, massive podcasting world of crime for one episode, just for one, for one episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It seems like it's a huge thing that everybody, it's a trend or maybe it always was. And now there's the internet and we're all yeah. fascinated by documentaries that we have uh, constant access to. But it's, it's definitely like it's it's on everything. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, and uh, we, uh, I think it's, I think I um, believe it has been a, a thing forever. Yeah. We've always been interested in this. So nothing, nothing wrong. We all like it. It's all fine. I'm sure you're going to explain to us why it's okay. But <laughs> yeah. uh, what does true crime mean to you? Well, I like it a lot and more than I ever thought I would. Um, so mm -hmm. much so that I crave it. Like, I'm like, ooh. Sometimes right. I had the thought the other day that I was like, oh, God, I wish some more people would get murdered so I could watch it. <laughs> like, I was kind of like, <laughs> like, I would, would, that's what, really what it is. When you're out of true crime documentaries and you're like, oh, I wish they do another mm -hmm. one, which is basically you're just yeah. waiting for somebody, something horrible to happen to somebody so you can hear all yeah. about it. Although there's so many stories that just don't get covered. There's just, that's yeah. the thing, dude. There's just such a wealth of it. It is good. It's like, I, I mean, me and my great, sister are it's... kind of obsessed with it. Like, we watch a mm -hmm. lot of it. We're like, oh my God, this is the best. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's played like a big part in my life. I've always been interested in it. I've always liked court cases. I'm kind of a geek like that, mm. where like, I really could just like read a book about a court case for nine fucking years or watch a documentary where it's just like the court case proceedings. That's not even something I knew mm -hmm. I would like. Right. Like, I don't have the attention span to do anything, but I can be like, I can watch court proceedings for 22 hours. Oh, so I don't think I that? can do that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How about um, you? I'm not big into the court stuff. I like to watch like the fictional stuff, um, but I'm big into like the, the new thing I'm really obsessed with and kind of have been obsessed with forever is like the murder stuff I'm always interested in, but the new thing that I'm kind of into is like cons. Oh and yeah. Like the psychologically like psychological book right behind that, why we get, why we get conned and why we are able to be conned so easily. So um, oh. I'm just reading a book called the confidence game. I think it's called uh, just basically <laughs> explaining why we're just shit at we're just gonna get conned all the time because our brains are just fucked. So also we normally get conned because we love somebody. That's like what it is. It's well, like you, get, you get like tricked by what you think is love, and people are just, oh like, yes, steal yeah. all your money and steal it. Like I I've been hearing a lot of crazy bitch stories where they're like, this bitch had like seven husbands in Dallas, Texas, and like 
stole all their money and yeah. like, kept like moving from husband to husband. I just watched a whole documentary about some happening in Australia as well. And oh, yeah. like, yeah. it's so like it, she didn't just con her husband. She conned her friends and like families and stuff. And they gave her all their money too. And it was just insane. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like the con I mean, it, it crosses a lot of board, like a lot of, aspects because like I just watched what's that new one that's on Netflix right now the murder and Mormons murdering each other or something like that yeah dude um, um uh death murder within the Mormons yes and I won't tell you what that because it would be a big spoiler but anyways there's conning in there too and um it also kind of plays to sometimes sometimes it's love but sometimes it's just us being like oh hey I this like deal sounds super good yeah i'm gonna make 10 percent back on my return my return in like two weeks a hundred percent in or in your brain are you going like this is probably not a good idea dude i i think i got con the other day and it was like <laughs> i don't know i haven't seen what's gonna happen yet like i'm gonna have to call the bank and be oh, like okay. i did a stupid thing oh, no. what happened was <laughs> i there was like a massage gun on sale for on instagram so I clicked on it and I've ordered stuff through right. Instagram before. So I clicked on it, it took me to a website. I was like, yeah, it's 25% off or something. Or it was half off. So it was like $35 US, which would have been like, I don't know, 60, oh, 70 bucks yeah. Canadian. So I was yeah. like, it's regular $150. That's incredible. So I <laughs> I clicked on it. And then I like, it took me to like the site where you like fill out your information. Everything was legit. Yeah. It had that little like logo, the little like secure logo. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's all good. I clicked on it all and then it sent me a text that was like, oh, hey, like your parcel is waiting at uh, um, international parcel systems. You have to log on and put a time in. And then they were like, oh, there's like a $2 shipping and handling fee. Right. And I was like, odd number, but all right. And then I clicked on it and it was like, you've just signed up for this account. You're (gasps) part of Razzle Dazzle Club. Oh, and then no. it was like, you're entered in all these draws. And I was like, oh, my God. And I've been getting some wild texts since then. Oh, and I'm just shit. like, oh, no. Like, if they conned me, they played the long yeah. game on it. <laughs> they took me, like, through, like, three or four legitimate steps. Yeah. So, like, if I see, like, a withdrawal of, like, $300 from my bank account, I'm going to have to be like, oh, I think I made a mistake. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just wanted I, to I be a massage. What a stupid idiot. Uh, uh, but it is easy to get conned because it was just like mm-hmm. it was a deal. I always shop through there. Like I don't. Yeah. I was tired. I, I may have been a little drunk when it happened. <laughs> they're taking advantage, uh, advantage yeah. of the drunk quarantine shopping is what they're doing. I know drunk quarantine shopping is dangerous just in general. Don't be fooling around with us. We're not. Don't do it. We're not made for that. <laughs> Also, I'm on like them true, true bucks. So I'm not making a lot of money, but I've been doing a lot of shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to guess there's a quite a lot of psychology behind this true crime oh obsession that we're all going. It's kind of a lot. Um, I'll sort yeah. of give you an overview of stuff. There was a couple of great websites that I went through. I went through um, mentalfloss.com, which was awesome. Uh, there's another one called well, wellandgood.com, which was uh, some really great sort of resources and information. Uh, basically, the reason we like it is because number one thing is is like it just fascinates us like we Mm -hmm. we true crime gives us a glimpse into the mind of people who have committed 
awful things. And we, we want to like be able to wrap our brain about it around it. You know, yeah. like we want to understand why, why does people do this kind of shit? What it is that makes them tick? Why are they doing it? And sometimes I keep watching a serial killer and some of the most fascinating ones to me are when a serial killer does an interview mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, so they, they tell you all the things they're like, okay, well, he's a serial killer. He's a sociopath. He's also a psychopath. And then you're like, okay, I know those things, but I still want to hear him speak for some reason. Right. I think too, probably there's a little bit of it in that, like, we'll see this. I'm not like that. Yeah. I wouldn't say things like that. I don't think that way. I don't think like that guy feels no remorse. I would feel remorse. That's not mm-hmm. how I would look mm-hmm. if I chopped up a body. <laughs> you know? So it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's like that. reinforcing that. Yeah. It's also just like a bit of it is because it's taboo. Mm. which is yes, like a fundamental human impulse like every yeah. every sort of thing we really shouldn't be watching or really shouldn't be doing our brain is absolutely fascinated by it so like when we're fascinated it releases endorphins into our brain it also releases like kind of like adrenaline and hormones that make Ooh. the same the same things that like make us addicted to things are released when we're right. like it's it's almost uh it is almost an addiction and i've like i've honestly felt that way where i've been like oh god i want to know another thing yeah, and give me a little more forensic files hit yeah um another thing is he was because of the way the media is presenting it to us like the 24 7 news cycle is a big thing mm. that we're constantly being inundated with like these massive events and it's kind of trained our brain to like crave it and when mm-hmm. you tell when you watch some of these documentaries you could watch them for 15 hours right yeah so it's like it's it's just a thing where they've kind of made us like over the course of the last 30 to 40 years with this 24 7 news cycle mm-hmm. have made us just a, we're just craving it right yeah um yeah another thing is uh it's it's kind of that effect of like we can't look away from a train wreck uh mm-hmm. serial killers tantalize people much like traffic accidents train wrecks or natural disasters says scott bond a professor at the criminal criminology at drew university and the author of why we love serial killers wrote uh the public's fascination with them can be seen as a specific manifest manifest <laughs> listen to me try to say manifest manifestation yay <laughs> do not drink the wine before you try to say stuff <laughs> the public's fascination with them can be seen as a specific manifestation <laughs> and it's more general fixation on violence or calamity in other words the actions of a serial killer may be horrible to behold but much of the public simply cannot look away due to spectacle so that's another reason uh it also this is kind of a weird one and i found this uh, kind of interesting it makes us feel prepared um, right it's almost like you were like okay if I see what could possibly happen, I could prepare for it. So according to Morgan uh, Borsam at the Elon Law Review, study of true crime have shown that people tend to focus on their threats to their own well-being. Others have noted that 
particular, or sorry, others have noted that women in particular seem to love true crime. And psychologists believe it's because they're getting tips about how to increase their chances of survival if they find themselves in a dangerous situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we're we're the ones, unfortunately, getting murdered a lot of the time. So, yeah, I guess it's that kind of, like, high-anxiety behavior that you and I are both great at, which is planning for everything that could go wrong. Dude, I honestly feel like uh, when I I watch them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that somebody would do. Like, I I do feel myself sort of in, like, I'm like a murder prepper. <laughs> like I'm not saving cans of beans, but I do know yeah. how to like get myself out of a rope tie. Right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. I also, uh, I've like I found myself in one of the weirdest situations I've ever found my found myself in, uh, like with uh, somebody trying to like get into my car, and I was in Montana, oh. which is a hub for serial killers. Uh, oh, check out the tech. There's a lot of trees. There's a lot, a lot of trees. Of, like, there's a lot nothing. of places to hide, and there's a, a lot, lot of places. Of not- gun laws i don't think are big there serial killers aren't big gun people though that's true but they I just guess... love to watch you suffer um, <laughs> they too they love hiding they love what the to- mm-hmm. the torture of it all they like but it, the the northwest part of the united states is like seems to be a weird sort of mecca for serial yeah. killers yeah that in california um, california yeah, northern california as well um, oh and but- like la too i don't know that's but that's probably just I think it's a population thing rather than a... I think so, probably, yeah. (laughs) Geography thing. Um, But, dude, they were like... So I was leaving a campground and this guy was like, hey, can you give me a ride to Rexford? Uh, Rexford's like 45 minutes away. And he's like, yeah, I I need to put gas in my truck. And I was like, what? He's like, my truck ran out of gas. And I was like, so you're just walking around, where's your truck? And he was like, it's over there. And I was like, I can't see it. And he was like, I need a ride to Rexford. And I was like, well, if you just walk down the hill there, there's a gas station and a full convenience store and a telephone. And it's literally hmm. two minutes walk. And he was like, I just need a ride to Rexford. Oh. And I like, he got mad. And I was like, yeah. I was like, seems like you're lying and you're trying to kill me. And I like laughed and I like <laughs> put on my window and I drove away. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but you know what? Actually, he might have been. Yeah. Like I did the right thing by driving away, but then I was like, I'm exactly. gonna go back in that campground from mm. from whence I came and, <laughs> and tell the man with the mullet who runs the campground named Randy, who's a yeah. dynamite dude, that there's a potential murderer standing at the top of his hill. Yeah. So I did. I turned around and I was like, Yo, there's a guy doing some pretty strange stuff. I I told him to come down here and he was like, Yeah, I'll keep my eye out. And then I asked him later that day, I was like, Did that guy ever come down? He was like, No. And I was like, seems like if you needed gas, and you would you, go there, like, you would go yeah. to where there was a gas station. Oh, so yeah, I was like, oh, there's probably not. Like, what do you do? Call the Montana police? Like, I'm like, I had a weird interaction with somebody 20 minutes I ago. I don't, I don't know where he is or what he's doing, but yeah. I didn't. I just told the campground and was like, please, like, let people leaving know not to give him a ride. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, but, yeah. That's so it makes good. us feel prepared. And in yeah. that moment, I did reflect on the like 15 years previous, I had been obsessively listening to murder podcasts. Yeah. Uh, one being uh, my favorite murder. Yes. Yes. And they're always like, is fuck one of the best is the thing that they always say. Yeah. And I really like absorb that into my <laughs> DNA now. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, all in all, okay. it's not bad for us to watch. It's it's mm-hmm. like if you're obsessed with it and you're continuously watching it, and the parts that you're fascinated by is the actual murder, and like, then you're craving to murder people. Right, that's a different thing. That's different. Um, <laughs> but more than anything, it's just um, it kind of hits on all the things that our brain craves and is fascinated by. And right now, there just seems to be a ton of it and unlimited access to it. So it's kind of developed this trend of people loving true crime, which mm-hmm. I don't think, like you said, I don't think is new. It's just no. sort of now we don't have anything to do and we have unlimited <laughs> fucking the staircases. Yeah, I think we're just watching more of it than because there's just more stuff because we yeah. have more stuff now. So, um, yeah, Lucy Wolsey did a uh, who's a, a brilliant British uh, historian. She just did a, a book and a, I think a BBC series, and I went to see her talk about it. And anyways, like yeah, she was like, oh yeah, people have been into this like forever. We love a good like murder. I think too, the big thing for me is that it's very simple. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy. Yeah. And generally, the bad guy gets caught and everything is fine. I mean, it sucks because the person got murdered. (laughs) But, like, there seems like there's some kind of justice in the world. Right. I don't like the ones where (laughs) it's not that way. I don't like when I don't know what happens and I don't like when people go to jail that weren't supposed to go to jail. And I don't like that either. I started watching, so me and my sister just watched this one that, like, didn't really have an ending. Mm-hmm. And then I just hollered at the end of it. I was like, well, that was a waste of fucking nine hours of my life. Because I, I was just like, it basically, like, this kid's mother got murdered, and then he did a documentary on his own mother's murder. Aww. And it was so fascinating, heart-wrenching, and sort of, yeah. like, I don't know, he was, like, almost jaded and it had no, he almost had no feeling about it towards the end because he had talked about it so much in such great detail right and uh had such a like exposure to it and then he basically was like going through each of his family members who were suspected of murdering her Mm -hmm. and trying to determine which one it was so he had like kind of alienated his entire family and then hey spoiler alert but i feel like i'm doing everybody a service Mm -hmm. you don't find out who murders her at the end right (laughs) <laughs> it's just like you just now feel like they do you're like oh, yeah. yeah which i think is the problem with with why we don't enjoy that side of things i think from a psychological point of view especially right now is we have a lot of stuff where there is no clear ending where there yeah. is no clear like everything is just kind of messy especially with the 24-hour news cycle like you were saying there's just shit going everywhere and there's bad things happening and there's no narrative. Like I think the narrative aspect of true crime is really comforting. Yeah. There's like, that's exact, that hit something so hard on the Like when you said that was like, we don't have a clear ending to anything right now. It's the most sure as a society we've unsure rather mm-hmm. as a society that we've ever been. So watching things that don't have like a clear cut ending and they're like the bad guy did the thing and he had to pay for it makes yeah. me feel uneasy um, as well. I'm like, okay, well, I yeah. guess I'm just putting Virgin River back on. <laughs> I know I just watch Superstore now all the time. I try to watch other things and then I just go back to Superstore or uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or 30 Rock or New Girl. That's all I watch. Um, the other thing that's kind of cool well, not cool, but the, that's always gotten me interested in, in the true crime stuff is the history, obviously. 
Um, And the psychological stuff about it. And especially things like, um, I mean, this was kind of the, there's like a documentary on the Ripper in the Yorkshire Ripper. Jack the Ripper, all of this stuff. And it generally a lot of the times has to do with like how people are marginalized in that society and then therefore, you know, maybe they're murders, especially with serial killers, they're not going to be taken uh, as seriously as let's say like a blonde little girl or something. A hundred percent. There was definitely like two, like with the, the Yorkshire Ripper, mm. people were just like, basically they kept exploring like saying like oh it's a guy from he's a geordie guy he's a geordie guy which for like that's kind of like a low rent place right Mm -hmm. and so like when they kept saying like oh yeah it's him Uh, this is who's done it then everybody had this picture in their mind of like oh yeah because he's a bad guy from geordie and he's clearly killing geordie women so they're less and that they're all prostitutes even though not like none of them were not the case yeah there was like one Uh lady who had like uh, was like at a bar and had sex with somebody and like everybody else like because you're not allowed to do that apparently you're not allowed to have sex as a woman and be valued in any way so he well, was like yeah it's like dirty for you so that's like the news framed it like that and they were like oh yeah. but these are the women he's killing so don't mm-hmm. worry about it you're yeah. fine and then he started but then oh, killing sorry. dudes yeah and then they were like oh god he's killing <laughs> when i think too like uh this kind of it kind of keeps happening you know every time we have this sort of new generation of of freedom for different people in terms of you know whether that be women or um people in the um like gay people or trans people or there's a lot of this stuff that it sort of sets as like a again i think it sets it as a narrative as to what we're going on in that situation sociologically psychologically and then framing it within this world so absolutely yeah it's it's just really just a reflection of how uh uh, society is treating people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy well uh take us take us into the history carla take us i know this fascinates you so i'm excited to see what you picked Oh, good God. This was like one of the hardest ones. We just did one an episode and I could not find a history story. And this one, I'm like, I don't know which one to pick. Um, (laughs) I knew I wanted to do kind of old because I want to have a little fun with it, even though it's not fun, but like it's a little more fun when everyone's dead now. (laughs) I don't feel as bad. Uh, So I'm going to talk about Kate Webster, who murdered her boss, Julia Martha Thomas dismembering and boiling the remains. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's kind of genius actually, but <laughs> I know. Uh okay, so this was on the 2nd of March, 1879. Good in year. London. Yep. <laughs> Good year. Out of my ear. Um so yeah, so this she um Kate Webster was uh, Tom, Mrs. Thomas's maid, and she, like I said, dismembered the body, boiled the flesh, and threw the remains in the River Thames. So she was actually born Catherine Lawler in Callan, County Wexford, in Ireland, in 1849. She was in prison for larceny in Wexford by the age of 15. So she's a real go-getter from an early age. <laughs> 
she after she was released, she stole again until she had enough money for a ticket to Liverpool in 1867. So she's got a plan. She's you know what? Honestly, she sounds ambitious. I know, and you know what? This is also during or right after the Irish famine, where everyone's poor. So guess what? Sometimes stealing just another time of a job. That's all. Guess what? Sometimes a bitch don't want to eat fucking potatoes no more. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and you, you couldn't eat the potatoes because they. That's were... right. You couldn't. It was there was no potatoes, <laughs> there and no there was potatoes. too many potatoes. <laughs> there was no potatoes. Oh, was... <laughs> um, and she started using several aliases. Uh, one was Webster. She claimed to marry a sea captain, and she had four children with him. Apparently, but then the sea captain and all the children died. So, you know, that makes things simple and easy. <laughs> uh once she got to liverpool so she was there for about a year uh before she was sentenced for four years for larceny again okay. uh after she was released she moved to london in 1872 and she's working as a maid and a cleaner now here's the thing i never thought about yep. so she would rent rooms in boarding houses and then sell everything in the room and then like vanish like you know, I mean, like it's a hotel. Like if you go into a hotel and you're staying there for like a month or whatever, yeah. like they would do kind of not, it wasn't a hotel, but maybe it was like somebody's, you know, a room in a house. Yeah. And she would just sell like the bed, the dresser, <laughs> the chair, whatever, whatever was in there and then just abscond. So dude, this bitch was, this is, she was the first person to invent Facebook marketplace. <laughs> she was just like, do you want a chair? It's 40 bucks. Take it or leave it. And you're like, I'll give you 35. She's like, no low blow. Don't low ball me, you fucking yeah. dink. Yeah. yeah. Um, she spent 18 months in Wadsworth Prison on 36 charges of larceny in May 1875. And shortly after that release, she was again convicted and spent another year in jail. So she spent a lot of time in jail, obviously. Okay. A bit of a hobby, I guess. <laughs> in a way. Uh she got a job as a domestic servant to Julia Martha Thomas, who lived in Richmond in Surrey. Okay. Uh, she started work on, on the 29th of January, 1879, but was given her notice by the 28th of February. So she didn't even last a month. She oh. lasted basically a month. Um, Mrs. Thomas was known for being a bit of an eccentric. She had been twice widowed, so she was living by herself. Um, she was wealthy. But she's a bit irritable. But I mean, like, aren't we all? Aren't we all? I'm a little grumps yeah. before 9 a.m. Yeah. I mean, she would go over Webster's work, you know, when she'd cleaned a room and tell her exactly what she'd missed. Okay, so well, that's, that's pretty you know, irritating. That's annoying. Um, and apparently maybe Webster spent a little too much time in the pub. But we know what that's like, and I think it's fine. Listen. <laughs> I'm a bit of a barfly myself. Yeah. I love how I like uh, so quickly excuse people's behavior. Even though I know <laughs> I know I don't know the ending for sure, but I think it ends in murder. Yeah. I'm just like, well, we all have our flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean it's a it's a slow you know, slope. It, it gets it's she didn't start off as wanting to boil someone. No. Um <laughs> so apparently the reason for her firing um or yeah was that she spent too much time in the pub and then uh the argument the night of the murder was because webster had returned late 
home from visiting her son. So she did have a five-year-old son who's, I think, living with a friend. Um, but then it stopped at the pub on the way home, obviously. So hold on. The son lives with the friend. The yeah. sea captain's not real. <laughs> the other four kids are dead, maybe. I don't know. They dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot, lot's going on. She's got a lot of stories to keep straight, too. She's going to be a very smart lady. Yeah, this bitch um, great. <laughs> and Webster, before this, she had actually ex- asked to extend the notice period until the 2nd of March because she wanted to find a new place to, to live and find a new job. The two quarreled before Thomas went to church. And then after Thomas had come back from church, they started arguing again. And Webster became a little enraged and threw Mrs. Thomas down the stairs. yikes Arama. Yeah. Now, she didn't want Thomas to start screaming and get Webster into trouble. So she choked her. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, listen, bitch, I knew you threw me down the stairs, but I I don't want to get, you know. Yeah, I don't want you screaming about how I've injured you. So Um, shut your goddamn mouth. Yeah, and so, yeah, so after throwing her down the stairs, she then choked her, and then guess what? She died. So uh, she put Mrs. Thomas's dead body on the kitchen table and used a razor to remove her head. Now, I don't understand how that works. I know. There's oh, it's small. What's <laughs> like a I, I mean even a good butcher's like or like, butcher not a good butcher, a good like uh what's that? Like a straight straight what like do they a call it? Yeah. I don't know like, how you're getting through all the bone I don't know. Dude, you need a bone saw. Honestly. I know. This bitch tough. Yeah. She had a meat saw and she had a carving knife which she used on the rest of the body to cut up the body and like she um then would put the uh so back in the day you had something called the laundry copper which is basically like a boiling pot that you would put clothes in so it was quite big um but that's where you put all your clothes in there's like a fire underneath and you stir it around and make your laundry thank christ for washing machines and dryers no you know what would happen is i'd just be naked or i just wouldn't stink. (laughs) i'd be like oh i didn't want to boil my clothes so yeah I know. <laughs> um, and so she started putting body parts in the um, in in the old school washing machine, <laughs> and boiled off all this the you know the skin and the fat and everything. Um, she also burned a couple of parts, so they actually found parts in the fireplace. Okay. Um, she was trying to prevent identification, <laughs> and also she had to get rid of this body because. She's living in this house and like she had to do it quick too because this was in the middle of the night um, and people would start to notice like all these weird sounds in the houses. Yeah. This is London. We're not living like four acres away from anybody. No. Um, so she's, you know, working real hard and uh, she opened the stomach and boiled as much of those parts as possible. Um, and the landlady next door did say that she smelled strong smells in the morning on that Monday. Oh, but this is cool. As it was customary to do laundry on Mondays, it was dismissed because generally it was really smelly. Right. See, when you people do were stink. There was a level of stink oh. in the 1800s that I don't Oof. think people like appreciate now. Like you know, when, no. when someone's got a little bo, you're like, oh man, mm. gross. But like yeah. that was the smell. 
It was yeah. never not that. And urine and feces and animal. There are horses shitting everywhere because those were the cars of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys are worried about a great time. Uh, fumes? Everyone's complaining yeah. about <laughs> car fumes. Yeah. Go smell a horse's bum. Yeah. Can you imagine fart um, fumes for the rest of your life? <laughs> so she packed up all the body parts. Uh, except for the skull and one foot into a box and a bag. And she went off and threw them into the River Thames. Okay. Now, the foot was found in a garbage pile in Tookenham. On the 5th of March in 1879, a driver found a cart, sorry, a driver of a cart <laughs> found a box on the side of the Thames. And when he kicked it, a bunch of flesh fell out. Every time. That'll get you every time. Yeah. You're like, ugh, it's another flesh box. (laughs) (laughs) And they honestly were like, oh, this could be just like a butcher's, like, leavens or whatever. Garbage. They're like, uh, don't call my sister that. You're like, no, I literally found a box of flesh on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the guy actually reported it to the police and they discovered it to be um, pretty much all of the remains of a woman's body. So, they could kind of put everything together. and But because there was no head, there's no uh, fingerprint identification back in these days. They weren't able to identify the body and they had no one have been reported missing. Right. Um, and that bag, that was never found and likely it contained entrails. <laughs> but because it would have been... Are, hold on, like, this might be Brittany learns a new world word. Are entrails just like your bowels and stuff? Yeah, like your tummy and your whatever Esophagus. large intestine. Yeah, yeah, like anything that's I guess yeah, like in your tummy area. Hey, from um, here to here, that's your entrails. Yeah, and so because it would have been mostly organic, it's probably likely that that would have just gone down to the like it. It would have been easier to not find rather than bones. Yeah. Um. Can you imagine just trying so, to pair a foot to a pitcher? You're just like holding the foot up. You're like, you think this is what her? Do you think this is the kind of foot this gal would have? Yeah. <laughs> so Mrs. Thomas hadn't been reported missing because for the next two weeks, Webster dressed up in Thomas's clothes, lived in the house as her, and dealt with tradesmen as Mrs. Thomas. Uh, so right after this happens. This is before she's disposed. She's just done all of her chopping, her her boiling, her cooking. You would call it cooking. Yeah. Um, potentially, and I don't think this is true, but here's a quote. A few days after the murder, some boys said that Kate Webster had offered them some food and said, here you go, lads. I've got some good pig's lard, which you can have for free. The boys ate two bowls of lard, which was unfortunately Mrs. Thomas. Jesus. So I don't know. I'm get. I think that's probably a myth and like not real. Um, but it does very you much bring know. to um, uh, what's that musical, T- Sweeney Todd? Oh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah, where they put the dead bodies in the pies. <laughs> Good musical. Um, I was like, so, I, you know what? I'd, I'd be challenged to write a song about that, and I give those people credit. I know. They did a really good job. The music is awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, she, as soon as she's done her, you know, dismembering and getting everything done, 
She goes to visit some old uh, neighbors of hers, the Porters in Hammersmith, and told them that she'd come up in the world since they had last seen her. She had married a Mr. Thomas, but he died and he left her this house. Could they help her sell this house? Because she wanted to get rid of it. Right. Um, and they and then she asked the son of the Porters to help her with this box that she had. <laughs> But it had one handle missing. And also it was full of dead body parts. <laughs> I was like, I don't think the handle is the biggest <laughs> qualm anybody had. So I don't. it sounds a very complicated story. But basically she was like, can you help me bring this to a bridge? And then you go over there and I'm going to give it to a friend. And then like plop, plop. And then she came back. She's like, oh, I gave the box to my friend. Bye. Um. So while she was doing this. So if she was smart, she would have just left. Right. She did a bad thing. Get the fuck out. Um, but the amount of furniture that was in the house was basically worth two to three years worth of wages. Oh, so she hoped she was back to that furniture selling game. She, she, she loves that leave. furniture she, selling thing. Yeah. She was like, oh, there's so much money worth of furniture here. All she wanted to do was work at Leon's or the Brick. You know, that was, <laughs> that was probably all she ever wanted. You know what? This bitch was just before her time. That's all. <laughs> Um, so she goes to a local uh, hotel owner, and uh, John Church, and offers to sell him all this furniture. So she got him like walking through the house, like looking at everything, being like putting on this whole show. Um, and he agrees to buy the furniture. The next day, though, while they're moving the furniture out, the landlady again <laughs> comes back out and's like, "Hey, excuse me, like no one's giving me notice that you guys are moving out." Yeah. And the guy's like, "Oh, well, yeah, Mrs. Thomas told us to." He's pointing to Kate Webster, and she's like, uh, "Where's Mrs. Thomas?" And Kate Webster's like, oh, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> and so she's like this. She's like, "Fucking mm, mm. mind your sneeze wax. How about that?" Yeah, yeah. Do, um, your, do you want your last month's rent or nay? Nay, nay. So this freaked Kate Webster out, and so she ran away. Um, and John Church and the Porters, who her neighbors, have finally figured out, like, oh, I think this lady's up to some dodgy shit. So they went to the police, and the young son was able to identify the box that they had just found all these dead body parts in. And was like, oh yeah, that's the one with the missing handle. So she and some she got caught. She's <laughs> she left she left her own entrails. <laughs> Uh, after so she flees to ireland with her son but they find her at uh her uncle's farm she's arrested and brought back into london she stood trial in july 1879 in london the excuse me i just have COVID. yeah i was like god covid bless uh the trial lasted six days and was a huge sensation see like back in those days people were interested in this shit I'm telling you, a lot of these, a lot of these trials became so sensationalized that it like fucked with the verdict because people were mm. so obsessed with it. Well, and I think they used to do, if I'm remembering something from a podcast I heard at one point, they would like make songs about these. Trials. Yeah, there was. I can't remember what the thing was. There was like a song about this. Like it was like to get people to come and like they were marketing tri- murder trials essentially. Yeah. Well, I guess like you you have newspapers, but maybe not everybody can read. Obviously, there's no 24 hour news. So he's got a guy on the side of the street singing his little song about 
the murder yeah, he's that like, just happened. She had a husband and five sons. They dead. <laughs> she has one more and he's stupid in the head. Like <laughs> the little sign and little dancers. <laughs> uh, so she pleads not guilty. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> why she's uh, she's been so forthcoming to the up until this point i can't imagine why she'd start lying now right now um and then she tries to implicate that hammersmith neighbor and the guy that owned the hotel john church and said like sh- that like they were that was them <laughs> so not only is she like she tried to just dupe them in the first place now she's trying to be like no they killed her yeah. uh and then she later, thankfully, exonerates them, but still is like, no, I'm still innocent, which I don't know how that conversation goes. Like, no, they didn't do it. I know they didn't do it, but also I'm not guilty. But I, no, I, like, I didn't do it. She's like, listen, I don't want anybody else to take the blame on this one, but let's make this clear. Yeah. I didn't do shit. <laughs> um, she claims she's pregnant so that she can get a bit of clemency so she doesn't get uh, executed if she gets you know, uh, when she gets charged. Right. Because obviously they find her guilty. Um, and so she's then inspect- inspected by a jury of matrons. Okay. <laughs> who then examine her and are like, no, again, she's lying. So eventually she, is, she admits to the murder only the night before she's hung hanged sorry that always annoys me the hang versus it's hanged oh yeah i think it's hanged but it 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 is it sounds wrong i know uh it's one of those stupid english rules that does not make any sense but comes up all the time in true crime anyway it's also uh, too like it's like when people are like correcting you and you're just like okay but i'm telling you a story about somebody being strangled to death so if you could just let it go till the end that'd be super great uh, so this is on the 29th of July. She admits that she had murdered Mrs. Thomas. <laughs> and she's hanged, like I said, the 29th of July, 1879 at Wordsworth Prison. She's only the second person to be executed there. And in the history of the prison, 135 people were hanged there. She's the only woman. So she's breaking boundaries left right and center. and feminism was born <laughs> yay <laughs> um some people have pointed out like i kind of talked about when i was talking about you know when you look at it in a larger scale and what's going on in the world this is right around this time um the irish famine had happened in 1845 to 52 so a lot of the irish people had fled to England for work and so there was a lot of animosity towards the Irish immigrants even though the English people basically caused the plague anyway not plague famine they probably also did some plaguing Uh, (laughs) but they were seen as drunk criminals disorderly and this was basically because the police would tend to go to and target poorer, poorer areas which these people were coming from absolutely nothing starving to death and then that led to an overrepresentation of Irish people in prisons, therefore reinforcing the stereotype. So uh, now that's a nice history story. Okay. But yeah. twist. We get Ooh, a lot of good little twist. twist at the end. Put some fun noise in here, Carlo. Whoa, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. <laughs> 
So they think that the head was likely dumped because remember, they never found the skull. Right. Um, the head was likely dumped under some stables in the hole in the wall pub near Thomas's home. The pub was bought in 2009 by Planet Earth presenter and great human being, Sir David Attenborough. The pub was? <laughs> yeah. And he was planning to extend, I think he had a house behind it or something, so he was planning to extend his back garden into the site. So a year later, while they're excavating this building and taking it down, they found the fucking skull. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That, you know what? I did not. I thought I, I didn't expect David, Sir David Attenborough to be part of the conclusion to this plot. No, no. So, yeah. So that's the uh, that's the cool little twist at the end there. So That's pretty fun. Good story, Carla. Yeah. This is yeah, a fun you. one. They're all yeah. fun, but sometimes I like more than others. Some more than others. Some, yeah, and some are depressing. This one, you know, I feel bad for Mrs. Thomas, but maybe Mrs. Apparently Thomas. Apparently she was irritable, so I guess. Hey, and you know what they say if somebody's bothering you always murder them yeah so (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that's those are words to live by yeah now do you Um, have something a little more modern i'm i'm excited to hear what you're gonna talk about this well i you know what i just honestly was like wondering with uh with the pandemic if true true crime if real crime had gone up or down right because so you know like people are now running out of money things are happening people are like mental health is going to the wayside i wonder if people for too long yeah if husbands are murdering their wives and vice versa but you want to know something carla Crime is down in the first eight months of the pandemic, but mental health calls for a rise, says Stats Canada. So criminal incidents fell 18% between March and October of 2020 compared to 2019. Uh, Newly released figures point to a major drop in police recorded crime during the first eight months of COVID-19 of the pandemic last year. Statistics Canada says police services across Canada have reported that the selected criminals incident fell by 18 percent during those months uh, versus the last period last year. In contrast, the total number of service calls rose 8 percent, particularly for wellness checks and calls for domestic disturbances Mm -hmm. and mental health. The agency says violent crimes such as assault dropped significantly, while property crimes, including shoplifting and residential break-in, enter, plunged, uh, aimed shutdowns that closed store, aimed at shutdowns that closed the stores, um, and uh, kept people home. So, like a lot of the places that were closed, then weren't getting robbed all the time, essentially. Oh well. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. The figures come from 19 police agencies and serve nearly three quarters of the Canadian population. As business and public spaces began to reopen in May, crime numbers started to climb month over month through July, but still trailed the figures from 2019. So even though Hmm. things started to open and people are allowed out a little more, it's still quite uh, a lot less. So like break and enters dropped by 27% because people are home. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what yeah. who's going to be home and usually there's a man home so you wouldn't break in more often than, right. not, than not if there was some a lady home by herself. 
Uh, the figures fell less steeply for cases involving family members. Fraud incidents mm. also dropped off, with police oh. reporting a decrease in 9% uh, over the past year. So, Well, that's good. So we're getting yeah. conned less because we're going out less. <laughs> hey, you yeah, know what? So- Maybe criminals are just respecting the stay home mask up that's right they're not evil people all the time sometimes they're just doing it because they need money and they they in all honesty that's usually how why most crime is committed and that's a hard thing to argue people because people are like well they should go to jail they should move honestly people usually are committing um money crimes because they don't have money yeah like so shoplifting or you know that kind of thing or even drug Um, stuff drug stuff it's all a way to get by and people are like oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like well yeah like there's very small amount of people that are like oceans 11 breaking yeah. into casinos because they <laughs> already have two million dollars let's be honest there's no way brad pitt did not have a lot of money in that movie because he had some very nice suits yeah so he, they, they win him because they were for the thrill of the game i had yeah. a buddy that recently told me that he used to steal xboxes from walmart um i was i was like you're you're pretty well off dude like i was shocked (laughs) that i was like you just have no business robbing walmart of xboxes (laughs) right yeah but was just i think that was a sheer boredom and not the tent the the typical trend Um, yeah and then also violent crimes are Mm. uh, a different story so it's like i think like that's what they said too though domestic crimes are unfortunately on the rise so domestic abuse and and assaults and that sort of thing are within the home there's been a lot of wellness checks and a lot of different things because there's been some probably some pretty loud fights i would imagine yeah i uh yeah i can't i mean i actually have been getting on better with my husband during lockdown than normal so I (laughs) i don't know what that says but um there is a sign that you can do if you're on a Zoom call with somebody. The advert is that, like, the, the it's showing in an elevator, and the guy, she drops something out of her grocery bag, yeah, and then he comes back to hand it to her, and she, like, gives him the sign, and then he goes to his apartment and immediately calls 911. Oh, that's good. So that's what Yeah, that so it's... I'm not oh, okay. um... It's the... Okay, so this the violence... This is from the Canadian Women's Foundation... Um, the signal for help is to put your palm to the camera, tuck your thumb in, and then trap your thumb. So, um, yep, that's what they did on the thing, too. Yeah, so she went if like this. Somebody does like that this. to you, then that's a sign that they are needing help. Because, yeah, when you're at home, you have no option. You don't have uh, the ability to go and get help because your spouse or whoever is in the house with you. Well, and, like, not even to bring light to this, but just, like, a realistic scenario of this situation is, like, Mm. try to shit-talk the person that you live with right now. It's impossible. You can go outside and go in your car, but they're like, are you just shit-talking me to your mom out there? And you're like, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because we're all bored, too, so we're definitely eavesdropping on everybody that we live with. Well, and too, like, you just, like, I have, like, whispered to my mom in a closet, and I just, like, live with my sister, so she's also just calling the same mother and whispering about right. me. Right. Uh. <laughs> um, let's bring this, uh, this uh, a little more fun. Um, a little more fun What we're to drinking today. 
Oh my god. You know what? We don't often pair it properly. Sometimes we just pick a drink because it's like word association or we're just yeah. like, it's cold out and this is hot and this works good. Um, but this is a really fun properly paired one that, oh, we forgot to mention off the I'm top. Gonna say, yeah. This is my sister who I just claimed I was shit talking in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, yes. Lysing, the friend of the pod, sister of the pod, mm-hmm. uh, who is also a Patreon, our first Patreon. Yeah. Uh, did I tell her I would pay her back if she just signed up for it? I did. Have I paid <laughs> her back for those m- monthly subscription fees? I have not. So You know what? We have paid her back in bonus episodes. That's true. In mini episodes. Mini episodes. Because so the one she's... thing that my own sister wants is more of me. <laughs> um <laughs> But she actually, <laughs> she was one of the first people to uh, come up with a uh, suggestion. And yeah. for some reason, she's one of the last people we did the suggestion. So uh, this is... <laughs> well, I uh, think we just... were both a little wary of doing true crime just because it's such a, a hot topic. Yeah, it's an overdone sort of podcast topic, but we're yeah. doing it because we like it. So yeah. Um, so... Also, uh, this was uh, just a really good suggestion. And she called me mm-hmm. from... she. We take vacations from each other by going to my parents' house. And she called me from my parents' house to be like, I thought of a really dope idea. Uh, So obviously uh, she uh, came up with the idea of true crime and the the, uh, 19 crimes. Did we get the same one? No, I'm I'm on the Shiraz Durf. Ooh, I went Caps Ab. Ooh, yeah, that's a nice one too. Yeah, you know what? So yeah, we went the 19 crimes, which is an Australian wine. Yes. Um, and the reason why, Carla, mm-hmm. it pairs so well is because, do you know about the 19 crimes, my friend? I do, but please tell me more. <laughs> well, feel free to jump in where I'm fucking blowing it. But no, you know, no, essentially, and I will uh, refer to the uh, 19 crimes website. Um, mm. Their website is cool. Dude, you should actually, they have a website. They also have an app that you can uh, download their wine labels on. And each label, so first I'll tell you about uh, why it is called 19 Crimes. So uh, Punishment by Transportation uh, is the title. And it says the indu- it's the Industrial Revolution. People were increasingly moving to cities and prisons were overcrowded. And petty crimes were on the rise. After the revolution of 1776 prevented transportation to America, it was decided that banishment to Australia would solve these problems. So between 1788 and 1868, 1,600, or sorry, 165,000 convicts made the long voyage by sea to Australia. Times were tough for criminals, but these individuals were tougher, and they survived the boat ride to exile. Now their stories survive into the 21st century on the 19 Crimes label. (laughs) 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 So essentially what happened was there were 19 uh, crimes that made it onto this list of uh, the things that you could get banished to Australia. So all the people that lived in uh, the UK... They just shipped over there with the expectation that they would either die at sea or die in Australia. And they did not. 
or become an agriculture become really good agricultural farmers which also guess what a lot of them did not have the skills of doing agriculture because they were from london and uh, they were working you know not doing that they were goddamn petty criminals (laughs) so i will uh if you just give me a half a second i will get Mm -hmm. up the list of the 19 crimes because that seems to have escaped me oh i've got them here Oh, yeah. Could you read them out then? I won't read them all because it's a lot, but um, I'll read a couple that (laughs) make no sense. Uh, Impersonating an Egyptian will get you (laughs) in. Um, Setting fire to Underwood. I don't know. I guess when I read that, I just thought like Blair Underwood? Like what's happening? (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, stealing fish from a pond or a river, which, okay, two things. Yeah. Number one, I don't think that's stealing. I think that's just fishing. Uh, and number yeah. two, don't eat the fish of wherever you are in, in industrial England. Don't eat the, that, that fish has probably got 17 eyes. It's not healthy. There's a lot, it's just covered in shit. It's literally. Dude, those aren't ponds. They're essentially... <laughs> That's like a, those are sewer systems. They're just calling them different things. Yes. Um, also, assaulting, cutting, or burning clothes. I don't know if that means like of other people or yourself. Oh my That's God. Also Can you imagine you, just, you had just like a, a, your laundry was falling up the line and you were trying to yeah. gather it quickly in a windstorm? They were like, clothes assaulter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> They're like, Australia. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's too hot there. I don't like spiders. <laughs> no, they have a lot of snakes. Um, also, clandestine marriages. Oh. Which I assume that means like without telling your parents. Clandestine? Clandestine, sorry. Oh, Carla learns oh, the Carla pronunciation learns a of a new word. word. Woo! Carla learns a new word. um watermen carrying too many passengers on the thames if any drowned okay which okay fair i guess um and i think that was kind of bigamy oh Um, the other one was stealing roots trees or plants or destroying them again This and is... there's some like pretty there's <laughs> there's some pretty just like regular ones there you know oh, like yeah, grand yeah. larceny theft yeah. from of the value of uh, w- uh ooh, theft above the value of one shilling so ooh. essentially grand larceny was if you stole two dollars <laughs> which was a lot back in the day but I suppose you know and then you know, know what's even funnier now mm. number one is theft above one shilling but number two <laughs> is petty larceny theft under one shilling. yeah so it do- i'm like those are the same that doesn't matter so, <laughs> i'm intrigued by impersonating an egyptian i think that's really I funny um i should have done a little more research into that maybe that will be one of my interesting facts yeah oh oh this one's fun hmm um Embelling naval stories in certain cases. In oh stores, but I don't know what that means. Embuling, embuling naval stores. stores. Oh, I thought it said naval. I can't read. What what does embuling mean? <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's both learn a new word right now. Okay. I'm gonna look it up. Let's just. I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna speak it into Google and see what it says <laughs> right into the microphone. 
What does imbuing mean? Here's a summary from Harold Banner. That last crime is the one that really amuses me. And while we're questioning crimes, what in the world does embuling naval stores mean? After a quick check, I discovered this was simply an archaic way of referring to the offense of stealing naval supplies. <laughs> That's a very fancy way of putting it. Dude, that might be my new favorite segment we just invented. <laughs> just asking Google and having her read it back to us. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so don't steal from naval stores. Don't impersonate an Egyptian, which yeah. you know what is kind of woke for its time. They're like, yeah, you know, don't put the fucking pharaoh's hat on. Is no that your story? Appropriation. Yeah, that is that was the, <laughs> just like somebody was cracking down on cultural appropriation. Is exactly what happened. Apparently, I just looked it up. Apparently, it is. Um, <laughs> it was more about the wandering people. So I think again, I think this goes back to people not liking gypsies. Right. So I don't even know if it's it's basically like don't be a gypsy and then maybe don't impersonate a gypsy because which we don't call them that anymore. I'm sorry. They're called Didn't they don't they just like have a show on TLC? <laughs> yeah. Um oh, boy. I can't keep up, but I'm I know I am willing trying, to learn to we're keep trying. Up. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, so I guess that's what that's about so basically they're just using wrong words again each of these labels um, mm. will give you a different crime so um the people that there's a portrait of the person that committed the crime and then the crime is on the bottle also snoop dog has now joined mm -hmm. ventures and he is what is he doing he's uh he's got the california yes um, i think it was a cab sab and then also he's now doing sab. a rosé Oh my god, a Snoop Rose might be pretty dynamite. Mm -hmm. I actually was trying to pick between this one and they do have just like a normal Rose, uh, which I really like as well. So, um, And I gotta say, this is also like a really cheap wine. I went to mm -hmm. the store today and it's typically like, I don't I think it's like 18, 19 bucks, which is yeah. nice. Like if you can find a bottle under 20, I, I think, and you feel that it tastes pretty good, that's, uh, that's a fun find. But today... Uh, I got it for thirteen fifty nine. Yes. Um. Yeah. This is kind of a wine that I. This is I. This is like a favorite wine that I've had for quite a quite a while, just because it's a very good sort of cheap wine. Um. Yeah. That's but it's still very nice. Like it's not. And now they've expanded and there's all this stuff. Obviously, I haven't tried any of the California stuff. Yeah. I'm wondering on their website, it kept saying that to contact them, they were giving an um, American address. So I don't know if the company got bought by somewhere, an American company. Oh, with the States, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't look into that. Well, but... I know Snoop has done, is collaborating with them. So it's obviously there's going to be some um, mm -hmm. something to do with like some of the like Napa, California wines and yeah. stuff. So maybe it's just like a, another uh, sect of it. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're really interesting. And also, not only do the labels have information on them, the corks have information right. too. Yes. So, like, it's kind of like whoever did the marketing for these oh. guys came like produced a really good wine and a really fun buy. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm. It actually, my dad just accidentally bought it for my sister one night. She just like mm -hmm. he just was like, oh, he's like at the store and 
uh, we go over to my parents every on the weekends. <laughs> so my dad will often be like, what kind of red wine do you want? That's usually <laughs> what my uh, Chelsea drinks. Yeah. So he grabbed it for her. And uh, now she's like, oh, man, that's like a really good. That might be my new fave. Yeah. Yeah. I've been drinking it for quite a few years before. I think they got a lot of like, I don't know if they've had as much selection as they they do now when I first started like really there's only one but really I picked it because I liked the label and I thought it was funny yeah you know what I I gotta say too like often I will walk into a wine store and just kind of survey the labels I'll look at the price you know like I don't want to buy anything for like nine dollars because that's gonna be your copper moons and your shit that's gonna be awful but like some of the stuff you just go and you kind of look under between 15 and 20 dollars and try something new and this is really fun, and it was a really fun pairing uh, this time. Yeah. Because, yeah. So thank you very much, Chelsea. And also, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but um, you, we actually are filming this today just for yeah. fun. Um, and Brittany, you, your jersey behind you. Yeah, it's backwards because uh, the way the. Oh, okay. It's flipped. It Here, says, to me, flip it says it nineteen. You. It says oh, nineteen. Yeah. 19 yeah well that's just matthew kachuk who's been pissing the entire <laughs> nhl off who i'm in love with <laughs> oh, no. oh creepy that's oh, so oh. fitting oh my god um also if you're listening and um you want to marry me matthew <laughs> please stop jumping on goalies but also i love you <laughs> give her a call you're in the same town hey we live in the same city yeah you know what? you might be in a bubble right now but I have a hundred pounds on you, but I think we'd make a good mix. <laughs> I have a TV thing I'm doing in a month, so I have to lose the weight. So maybe call me two months after that. I might be down to 93 pounds. Yeah. And maybe you'll be out of the NHL because we might have yeah. lost. These categories are doing better. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Daryl Daryl Sutter, our, our lord and savior, has come mm-hmm. back to uh, bring the team Hopefully. back to its... Yeah. Your face looks weird. He's the one who brought us to the cup the last time. I know. I'm just, I I feel like we're doing a a Marvel thing where we're making sequels or like redoing things. I just, it makes me a little nervous. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) You know what? I, 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 on that one, it's funny. He's, we're like bringing him back into another Marvel verse. Like we're like, we're like, we're like, we must resurrect the. Maybe we can get Jerome McGinley to do something on the side. Yeah, Jerome, Jerome McGinley just does, comes back and just, he's like, <laughs> the Geo uh, gives him the captainship again. Mm. <sighs> um, so my, I've got some interesting facts. Hey, hit me. But then I've mostly sort of concentrated on the actual Australian aspect of it. Great. Because when I put in um, true facts about crime, I just got a lot of facts about crime. And I was like, well, that's not, that's yeah. not fun. Some of them were interesting, but it wasn't fun. Anyways, so 13th of May, 1787, the first fleet is formed of 11 ships and they leave Portsmouth in South England for Australia. Woo! Down, 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 That's when they used to say we're on fleet instead of fleet. Uh, so it included two Royal Navy vessels and six ships uh, transporting a thousand convicts. That does not add up to 11 
whatever fact place I got this from, just so you know. Anyways. Just uh, so you know, thing we're reading off and stealing from, you're wrong. You did not do math. (laughs) Um, I think they sail into a couple of different places, but eventually they end up on the 26th of January in Port Jackson, and they name it Sydney Cove. Yeah, so that's where we get Sydney. Okay. So, yeah, like we've mentioned, the the range of crimes were theft, assault, robbery, and fraud. But as Brittany kind of pointed out, it's really like they just don't have room in the prisons. And they just, it's basically just being like, we don't really want to deal with this. So, just get on the boat. You do it. Yeah. It's kind of like how we send uh, garbage out to the middle of the ocean. And then we're just like, it lives there now. We don't have to yeah, worry about it. And then fine. just like three months later it just like washes up on the shores of hawaii and they're like the fuck yeah that's yep and now you could be um charged or whatever like you uh, for seven years or 14 years or life but the thing is is like it's not a big jump from 14 years to life (laughs) yeah i mean when you go over there you're basically there for life because i think if i remember correctly you have to pay for your own uh like port port um transportation back okay i i was like so. looking for a new word that you were gonna i was like port ship port port portage i don't portage? know portage is a word I think um so. but yeah so i mean if you're going for seven years it also takes like you know one to two it can take up to two years to get there like you're you're there you're probably not coming back let's be honest so let's be real um, but during the period of transportation, nearly 2,000 convicts would die during the journey, mostly because this was like cramped, unhygienic conditions. So cholera spread really easily. They were often so crowded that they couldn't stand up. There was a lack of supplies, so a lot of hunger and starvation. So it seems, especially for some of the ones like petty larceny, it seems a, like basically it's a death sentence. For stealing, yeah. you know, nothing. For either petty larceny or grand larceny, which was one shilling. So Yeah, or you broke a tree branch accidentally and... Yeah. Did, you uprooted a tree by accident. Can you imagine yeah. you were just like sick, like the tree was dying, it had Elm's disease, and you just started like digging it up, and you were like, it's yeah. for the greater good, it's for the neighborhood, so we don't all yeah. get the They're like, pine Australia! <laughs> for god's sakes um but you know what it was kind of like it was a very sort of darwinistic uh response because it was like the fittest will survive will survive you know the strongest will survive but -hmm. what really happened was now we just have like all the australians are super hot (laughs) they're all so good looking and happy yeah i know we're all like good i might and the british are like ah Come on, we were trying. Yeah. To... But I didn't realize um, that this was a reaction to because you couldn't send people to the to North America anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, so... I didn't. I didn't realize that either until it was. I read it on the 19th Crimes website. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, not a great thing to happen to Australia, obviously, but. No, it, well, I mean, it was completely okay. colonized, essentially. But yeah, and there were already people living there. Quit. Surprise, surprise! And then, <laughs> but like, wait a second, what? there are already people here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it was colonized in a very different way. I mean, these people mm. were kind of set. They, it wasn't people going to take over a uh, country. 
or no. a new space. They were just dumped there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it, like, and they were expected to either be in a penal col- like colony, like basically a prison. Yeah. And then, yeah, or be in agriculture, mm-hmm. which, like we said, if you're breaking tree leaves and sewing your clothes for, and then, then you get shipped off here, you probably don't know how to use a. I I don't even know words. Seeding? You you don't have to know seedings. Do you know seed? Do you know how to seed stuff? <laughs> like... Make things grow in desert? No. Okay, cool. But yeah, I think we'll we'll probably be finishing this. I'm gonna go probably watch some. I'm either going to watch Superstore or I'm going to go watch some true crime. Let's be honest. Tell us the narrative so that we can feel better and plan for getting murdered. Yeah. Tell us how we can get out of a slipknot. Okay. Uh, Hey, guys, we do this every week. We release an episode every Thursday. And we can't tell you how grateful we are that you keep coming back and listening. We have released so much extra bonus content on our Patreon. We've had a bunch of new subscribers. so. The more people that join it, the more we feel obligated to put out some pretty cool stuff for you. Uh, Currently, we have a series going on the Tragically Hip. Uh, That is, we pair Tragically Hip songs, discuss their historical uh, relevance stories. And yeah. 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 And And, uh, uh, then we pair it with alcohol. (laughs) And we're also (laughs) doing a a glassware series for mini episodes to uh, justify buying that expensive red wine glass and or not yeah we pair you know we're pairing glassware with the proper wine (laughs) (laughs) we're learning we're learning we're non-stop pairing that's what we're all about uh but uh so so hop on over to the patreon uh we just released an episode uh bob cajun is the song we chose for the tragically hip uh you can hear a little preview on that on spotify right now and uh, if you feel like joining the Patreon, we couldn't uh, be more thankful because it's so helpful to the growth and the development of this podcast. Um, hey, we love you so much. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to Chelsea for her awesome suggestion this yeah. week. Thanks, guys. Bye.